Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, my goodness. Ah, another, another lovely week and another lovely that Josh Arnold podcast nearing the end of May. Holy cow. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Oh, what a fun one. People like to say the unofficial start to summer because uh, the official start to summer isn't until like June. Like, isn't it like mid-June? It's something that uh, seems way late. But uh, who am I to question the seasons? Uh <laughs> My goodness, look at you. Uh, I'm excited. Um, and, uh, well, I, I would imagine you are too, because uh, th- this week's guest on that Josh Arnold podcast is just a delightful human being and a genuinely good person. And that's probably what I love most about them. They do a lot of good. They spread a lot of joy and happiness and love. And uh, I, I, I can't commend them enough. Our guest this week is you. Of course, it's you. Thank you for all you do. Oh, let me get a look at you. Oh my gosh, do you look good? I hope you you feel good as well. And uh, thank you for being here. Oh, it's uh, I, I don't perhaps. Uh, I mean, I know you're here with me now, and you can tell that it's hot. It's hot outside. It's uh, upper eighties right now, and. It's also a little cicada-y. That's right. We're we happen to be in an area where uh, we're getting we're going to get those those crazy cicadas, and uh, I like it. It's uh, I think it's a pretty cool thing. I know that they're noisy and gross and uh, weird or whatever, but I, I I think it's cool. Every seventeen years is the this brood, and uh, man, I remember being a little kid when they came out, and then being like in my late teens, early twenties when they came out, and. Uh, boy, just everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a wild thing. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, um, cicadas are not this week's sponsor, but we have a good one this week. Uh, I'll get right to it. The sponsor of that Josh Arnold podcast this week, <laughs> uh, is the sun. Oh, don't you love the sun? I mean, uh, <laughs> look. The sun uh, does so much for us. It uh, it warms us, doesn't it? It provides us with light. It uh, it, it 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 nourishes us with uh, healthy vitamin D, uh, which does uh, uh, many things for our our body and brain. Um, uh, the specifics of which I <clears throat> don't know, but I, uh, I I know that it's good for us and. Um, uh, sure, sure, the sun can get in our eyes and it can burn us, but, uh, that's, that's on us, isn't it? 
you know, we we uh, we looked at it, or we spent too much time out in it. That's not the sun's fault. It's our fault. Uh, oh, bless the sun. I uh, it helps things grow, doesn't it? And uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, there are probably many other things that I'm I, I'm either unaware of or leaving out. But it is important uh, that. Um, well, I'll just put it this way. I hope you. Enjoy the sun sometime soon. Boy, did I. <laughs> uh, when I was looking through uh, uh, the uh, many emails I get from higher ups and whatnot and uh, our uh, advertising agency, they said this week, your sponsor, and I, I looked through and I said, you know, some some are going to love this and some aren't. And uh, <laughs> uh, But hey, well, I mean, I can't control who sponsors us. I'm, I'm proud to have the sun sponsor us. Whew, boy, down here in the basement, it's uh, it feels good because, like I said, it's hot out and uh, it feels good down here. No sun. Uh, there are no windows at all down here. I've got one of those awful buzzing fluorescent lights uh, that I tend to leave off because I also have a lamp down here, and that's a gentler, uh, less harsh uh, source of uh, light. And uh, so, yeah, but um, uh, we are down here in the basement. It feels pretty cool. But I say we get out of here for a second, and we hop on board the. Um, well, yeah, real quick before we get, we before we hop on board, I, I was asking uh, Jason, my producer, this, and I just want to ask you guys: Did I bump you out last week? I hope I didn't. I, I was telling <laughs> some prom stories, and uh, it got a little serious or whatever. Uh, I hope I didn't bum you out. That's not the. Uh, oh my gosh, the whole point of this uh, exercise is uh, to spread some happiness and cheer and uh um I didn't I hope I it wasn't too morose last week. And the reason I'm asking is uh typically I'll I'll get uh, hey I enjoyed uh, the podcast emails. I got none last week. So I uh, <laughs> I was worried not that you have to. I don't need it, trust me. But it was something where all of a sudden there was it wasn't just a decline in uh uh email it was there were none there were just simply none and that's all right hey that's okay i know you've got lives and you're busy and uh you're not you don't need to fluff my ego you uh, trust me you really don't but i was just concerned that's all so uh i hope i didn't uh sadden too many of you <laughs> and i hope uh you all came back all right let's hop on board the uh the TGA express or the arn track Ah, my buddy uh, William uh, wrote in saying uh, that the arm track uh, could potentially be a monorail. And guess what, William? It is. It is. And yes, you're correct. It is the only steam-powered monorail in existence. Uh, it's quite something. It is. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, mode of uh, transportation, and so it's quite something to behold. And we're oh, well, I, I, it's. I see we've stopped here. Where are we? What look? Oh my. My goodness, the TGA Express has stopped in Fearfield. That's right. That's right. Now, the name is ominous, obviously, and it's a weird place. Uh, but there are some friendly folks here. They just happen to enjoy, uh, well, the focus of this uh, area. That area being, of course, Fearfield. Uh, ten- uh, phobias. Things that. Uh, Folks might be afraid of or scared of here in Fearfield. So let's, um, well, let's go ahead and explore this week's 
phobia while we're here in Fearfield. So, <laughs> this is a wild one. I did not know that this existed, but phobias are, uh, that's a, it's a varied category, isn't it? I mean, there are phobias, phobias for everything. There are phobias for people who mispronounce phobia. Did you know that? When they accidentally say things like phoba, they get real scared. So, uh, <laughs> this, oh boy, what, what a phobia this is. I wonder uh, who has this. I don't think I know anybody that, that has it. Perhaps you do. Perhaps you even suffer from this phobia. The phobia is arachibutterophobia. That's right. Arachibutterophobia. Now, uh, it's not a fear of butter. Butter uh, is in the... It's. I'll just go ahead and spell this out for you. It's A R A. C-H. Now, right there sort of suggests spiders, like arachnophobia. No, no. So, A-R-A-C-H-I-B-U-T-Y-R-O, arachibuttero, or maybe butero, and then phobia. Arachibuterophobia. And it means, I'm not making this up, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. A, this is a legit phobia. Now, those who suffer from this typically, I, I did a little research on it, uh, typically will avoid peanut butter at all costs. And not only that, they'll avoid other uh, things like peanut butter. Um, boy, maybe taffy, uh, something that could get stuck to the roof of your mouth. Um, man, is it what? I, or I bet they hate uh, those trays at dental offices where they kind of fill them. Remember when you were, uh, this is mostly for like adolescents where they would fill them with fluoride and then put them on the, they were like cups that they would fill with fluoride and then put over your bottom teeth and your top teeth and you had to sit there with them and you kind of gagged and boy, that was brutal. So I bet they hate that. Or if you've ever had to get a mold of your teeth, let's say you were getting braces or something and they fill it with that clay and then just stick the, <laughs> if you suffer from arachibutyrophobia, then there's, I mean, that's that's got to be just, you probably couldn't do it. You may have to be put out. Oh, boy. Put under, rather. You would be put out. Um, it would, uh, yeah, put under. <laughs> arachibutyrophobia, fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. What if you're a dog and you have this? I mean, you can never, that's, that's peanut butter was normally a treat, right? You fill up those, Kong balls or whatever with uh, peanut butter, give it to your dog. Not in this case. You wouldn't do that to a a arachibutyrophobic dog. No way. A lot of times, that apparently, this phobia can stem from like incidents where a person had peanut butter in their mouth and they thought they were choking to death, and so then they they uh, have fears of it. But others just don't like the fear at all, or the feeling of it. Uh, that is, and uh, what a phobia to have. See, boy. And you know that there are arachibutyrophobiacs out there that love peanut butter, and they, they just, ah, man, that's a tough one. If you have it, let me know. And I'm not just saying, the, like, yeah, I kind of don't like the way it feels or whatever. It kind of gives me, no, I'm not saying, like, are you phobic? Can you, I mean, does it really, is it like a, just a complete illogical fear for you? Let me know. Or if you know somebody who has it, that'd be interesting. Boy, <laughs> what a good trip to Fe- Fearfield this was. I, uh, 
I, I certainly enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed our first trip together to Fearfield. And I'm sure we will uh, be back. Boy. Because we have nothing to be afraid of when we visit Fearfield. But uh, we just learn about things like this. Interesting. Real quick, did you know that there's something called phobophobia? And that is a fear of phobias? Oh, it's essentially fear of being afraid is really what it is. I mean, it's a, you, could, you could argue that it's a essentially a general anxiety disorder. Um, but it's like you're so afraid of being afraid that it's a vicious cycle. That you're you're so constant, so so you tend to avoid. I mean, it can be really problematic and really debilitating because you you tend to avoid anything where you might potentially feel fear. So no way are you going into like a haunted house or a scary movie or something like that for pleasure. I'm a weirdo. I, I well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to put it that way. I, I happen to be one uh, a person who. I like the feeling of being scared when I go see a when I go see a scary movie. I want to be scared, or I like going into haunted houses and being being thrilled and terrified or whatever, and, and roller coasters and stuff like that. I just I like I it's 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 a release for me, and I like the um, that that sense of danger, but not actually being in harm's way. You know, it's it's a it's a, a pretty wild thing. But there, but if you have phobophobia, you boy, that's got to be terrible. I mean, yeah, that's that's a rough one. Fear of phobias. A phobia of phobias. Boy. Uh, so we got a, kind of a two uh, two for one at our visit to Fearfield. <laughs> you know, this kind of leads into our uh, question of the week. Ah, nice little baseline there to lead us into this. Uh, if you've sent in a question, I haven't uh, answered it either via email, like re- replied to you, or on the show, I've still got it. Don't worry. Um, so uh, it, it will come up eventually. But this week's question comes to us from Michael. And he says, uh, uh, I'm curious, do you believe in actual paranormal activities or do you take more of a scientific view to debunk said activities? That's a very good question, Michael. The answer is both. I do believe in the paranormal, uh, but I uh, absolutely want them to be, any sort of paranormal activity to be scrutinized and studied and to be debunked when uh, when when necessary. Um, my favorite paranormal activity show is Ghost Adventures. I think those uh, gentlemen do a really good job at going to locations and documenting evidence. And one of the reasons I like that show so much is they will debunk uh, a lot. They won't just go, well, uh, we're eh, it looked like a bug and not an orb that flew by the camera. Um, but I don't know. They will go, that's a bug. And then they will have a big thing that's just debunked or whatever. And they will make it very clear. Uh, that tells me a few things. One, that... Um, they are confident that they're getting actual evidence because never has there been an episode where they debunk everything. Uh, so they're not afraid to debunk things that need to be debunked. They, they, they're not out there to do, uh, fool us. They want, <laughs> you know, man, I hope 
I'm saying all this, and then maybe what in three years is going to come out? Uh, everything on that show was completely staged, but uh, I I don't believe it will be. But um, uh, they are fine debunking things because they want to find actual evidence and they want to present actual evidence. They're not out to uh, pull the wool over our eyes. I uh, I, I really appreciate that. I love I. Sure, if something if I see something uh, on one of those shows or I read about something and it's eventually debunked, yeah, okay, all right. I do get a little disappointed, but not because it's it's because I love the mystery that I I I love it. Don't you? Don't you like not totally knowing everything? I love that. It would be wouldn't the world be so boring if we knew the answers to everything? Ugh, no thanks. Um. Yeah, I like I like not knowing. And um uh, boy, so yes, the answer is uh, yes, I I do believe in paranormal activity. I also think that science should be applied and uh I I enjoy that too. And I've read all kinds of things um uh, about that about I mean, I, you can go and read articles about how everything on an episode of Ghost Adventures has a scientific explanation. But I'll be honest, some of the scientific explanations are as as far fetched as uh, the idea of the afterlife or ghosts is to non believers non believers in paranormal activity. You know, so uh, and granted, I'm not a scientist, so but a lot of it goes. Hey, you know what? There's as good a chance that that was actually somebody talking from the grave as it was some weird uh, sound or um, magnetic force appearing in that area only. That kind of, So, yeah, pretty interesting. Now, where Ghost Adventures, I think, if you, if you watch the show, you know what I'm... If you don't, I'm going to try to do my best to explain it. What's Where sometimes I do think they will be slightly unfair, and I don't think they're trying to be, I think they're just confident, but I would argue that there are times they're overly confident, is when they get a voice on uh, an EVP session, that's electronic voice phenomena, where uh, they will run a tape recorder, and they may not hear the voice in in, uh, their own ears at the time, but when they play back this tape recorder, there's, um, because it's giving off certain energy, and uh, it's powered by batteries and stuff. The, they, they argue that the spirits can use that. They can harness that energy and speak into that device. So they will record things that we couldn't hear with um, our ears, but you can hear in this device. So what I don't think is always fair is you'll hear, uh, they'll play it, and you'll hear a whisper like, and they will put words to that. And so they'll say, oh, my gosh, he just said, um, the devil is here, or whatever. And uh, I do my best to listen and go. I don't quite know if that's what was said. Something was said, but I don't know that it was that. Um, so sometimes they. I mean, they're very clear. You can hear somebody go, "I died here," or whatever. I mean, incredibly clear. And you go, "What?" And the the really weird sound ones. The ones that get those that give me chills is when they you can hear it in the room, like not just on the device, but you hear a voice in the room with them. It's it's crazy. Now, obviously, 
skeptics will go, well, it was probably the guy holding the boom mic. Uh, I, you know what? I guess. But I I personally don't think so. So, uh, oh, uh, Michael had a follow-up question. Would you ever open your mind up to a night alone in a haunted location? The answer is, yes, I would. Yes. And uh, I have to tell you, I would be terrified. I would be so nervous and scared that part of me thinks I wouldn't, I wouldn't even move. Like, particularly if it were total lights out and I had to walk around uh, with a, a camera, like a video camera and a uh, tape recorder and stuff and ask questions. And if I were hearing noises or feeling things like, uh, oh boy, I mean, I would be scared. And um, so I would do it. Uh, I would be hesitant and I would definitely prefer to do it with others. And a lot of ghost hunters say, don't do this by yourself. You want people with you. I mean, uh, for a few reasons. One is you're more susceptible to, they would say, that you're more susceptible to evil spirits if you're by yourself. Uh, but also uh, practical. What if I trip on a stair and I fall and break my leg? I would like to have somebody else there. So, um, yeah, I would rather. And I have. I have spent the night in a very haunted location with a um, girlfriend of mine when we were in our uh, boy, we we were like maybe 20 or something. And she was huge into paranormal stuff. And she loved ghosts and uh, studying them and reading books about them. And there is a place in St. Louis called the Lemp Mansion. Lemp was a beer and uh, there was the Lemp Brewery is right there. And it's that's very haunted. There are tunnels underneath the Lemp Brewery that are um, notoriously haunted. And the Lemp Mansion itself was uh home to uh, the lemp family and i i forget the number but it's like four or five members of that family committed suicide or died very mysteriously in that mansion and uh it's uh quite haunted um many say so it's also an airbnb so uh for i forget maybe i forget why but uh, i forget what the occasion was it was either Christmas, I think it was Christmas, because um, this was her Christmas present, and we ended up going in like February, because it, when we ended, uh, so what I did was I booked us a night at the Lemp Mansion, where you uh, spend the night in one of the rooms where somebody died, and uh, then you wake up and you have breakfast or whatever, and you leave. So here's the weird thing. Uh, I booked it for like uh, February. And it was, the temperature was about negative 10. And with Wilch, with the wind chill, maybe negative 30. It was, it was brutally cold. The hawk was out. If uh, you've ever heard that term. I love, I love, uh, sorry, that's one of my favorite. Whenever you hear old guys or whatever <laughs> refer to the hawk, uh, they're referring to uh, very cold weather. I, I just love that. So, <laughs> Boy, the hawk sure has its talons in us today. Oh, I, I'm a sucker for all that old, uh, timey sort of uh, <laughs> uh, Western sort of talk. Anyway, uh, the hawk was out, and um, we showed up. It was a Friday night, and uh, the lady was there. We showed up for check-in, 
And uh, we said, okay, yeah, we just wanted to check in, and we're going to go to The Hill, which is a, a, a famous area in St. Louis uh, uh, where there are a bunch of great, authentic Italian restaurants, and they're wonderful and, uh, you know, somewhat uh, pricey, but just uh, uh, worth every penny because it's just real, authentic Italian food cuisine. Ah, oh, just uh, terrific stuff. And uh, so we were going to go have a nice dinner and then go back to the mansion. Well, she goes, okay. Here's the key, and I and she handed me like an old sort of uh, it looked like an old skeleton key in like an old m- movie, and I said, "Oh, this is for a room," and she said, "No, no, it's for the mansion," and I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "You guys are the only guests. Uh, the man, you have the mansion to yourself," and I said, "Oh, but you're where do you stay?" And she goes, "No, no, I'm going home." I said, "Wait, we get the whole mansion to ourselves," and she said, "Yeah," and I was bad. I mean, we were blown away. That that there was going to be nobody there but us. And we thought, this is great. I mean, imagine if you checked in to a hotel and you got your key and you went, they went, oh, by the way, you're the only ones here. So the whole crew, the whole staff, we're just going to take off. <laughs> what? I mean, I know it's a, uh, there's quite a difference between a hotel and an Airbnb. But, uh, and by the way, I keep saying Airbnb. This was, this was way before Airbnb. This was it was just a B and B. It was a bed and breakfast. So, um, uh, yeah, this was. I, I don't mean to confuse you. This was a long time ago, twenty plus years. So, um, uh, okay, all right, great. So we lock up the place. We put our, we put our bags in the room where we're staying, and she kind of gives us a tour of the mansion. And um, she leaves. We all walk out, and we're freezing to death in the winter uh, weather, and. Uh, she, we lock the door, and she's, um, she says good night, and uh, okay. So my girlfriend at the time and I, we went to uh, dinner, and then we went back to uh, the mansion and walk up to the front door, and I put the key in, and the key doesn't work at all, and uh, I cannot get the knob to turn, I can't get this front door open, and we are standing there freezing. It's essentially negative 30 and we are just and the wind is blowing it's harsh i mean we are freezing and i cannot get this door open and this was 1999 uh 98 somewhere around in there um cell phones not uh i mean not they were a thing but not everybody had them, and they certainly weren't a, hey, if you have any trouble, call my cell. That, that wasn't happening. So there was no way to get a hold of anybody from that worked at the Lemp Mansion to come help us. So I'm trying and trying to get this door open and can't, can't at all. So finally I go, I've got to try. I've got to, I've got, we've got to find something. We've got to figure something out. And... <laughs> And so uh, I say, stay here. I'm going to go try to find a different way in. So I walk around this mansion, and there's no other door. There are some windows, and I'm kind of trying to open those. Nothing, of course, is happening. And so I go around the back, and there's one door um, that's lead- clearly leading into, like, a basement. So I try the door, and it just opens up. Like, it wasn't locked. Or anything, it just opens up. I go, okay, great. Now I can, I can go through. I can go up. I can go up top, 
and uh, open the front door for my girlfriend. She's just out there freezing on the porch. I don't remember if she ended up going. I don't think she did, but she could have gone into her car and sat or whatever with a heater or whatever. But I don't remember if she did. I, I don't think so because when I – okay, so here's what happened. I go in and I uh, shut the door, <laughs> shut that basement door behind me, and I'm telling you <laughs> – it's the it's the darkest I've ever seen. I <laughs> it was so dark in this basement that I couldn't turn around. I I lost all sense of direction and could not find the door that I had just closed behind me. I I I couldn't find the knob. I couldn't find the door itself. I felt like a shelf. I'm getting chills t- retelling this because I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> this notoriously haunted mansion. And I'm in the basement and I cannot see anything. And I'm and and to be quite honest, I don't know how I did this. I eventually I, I felt my way and I was feeling I mean I I only had my hands. That was the only way that I could quote unquote see. So I'm feeling this this old I mean this thing's this mansion's centuries old. So I'm feeling like this old damp brick and finally I feel like a shelf and there are clearly some like steel bowls and cuz all of a sudden I go oh my gosh this must be some sort of kitchen also cuz I'm hitting uh like <laughs> metal I remember I like I hit like what felt sort of like a ladle and it crashed to the ground and it was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life and <laughs> and I'm so scared, so scared, <laughs> and fi- and I, there's not a switch to be felt anywhere. Finally, I would say it was 20 minutes, t- 20, 20 excruciatingly long minutes of me feeling around this basement slash kitchen storage place. Until I found a doorknob. And I didn't know. Again, I was so disoriented because... And, and by the way, my eyes never adjust. Like, it was so dark. My eyes never adjusted to see anything. There was n- literally no light to see, to adjust to. So, I finally felt a doorknob. And I, I went, okay, this is either the door that I came in. Or it's going to lead somewhere else. And I opened it. <laughs> I still can't see. I can't see anything in that room. <laughs> and uh, I start walking and I hit a step and I go, okay, this is at least a staircase. I'm going to go up to where the, to the floor where the front door is. And I make my way up and open the door and it's still so dark, but I can actually see things. I can see like, um, you know, forms like uh, furniture or whatever. Like, oh, jeez. So I go to the front door, and not only this this is weird. Okay, <laughs> not only is the front door unlocked, it opens up as easily as anything. And Emily's just standing. Oh, well, my my uh, my ex girlfriend. Yeah, her name was Emily. Is just standing there. Um. And we're just, and she is like, you, are you okay? Because she didn't know where I was. And apparently I looked uh, horrified. (laughs) 
And I go, this door isn't even locked. And she was like, what? And when we, because when we were outside trying to get in, we were turning that key and turning that knob. And I was, I mean, I was putting my shoulder into this door to try to get it to budge in any way possible. So, of course, she jumps on, well, that was the go. They were keeping us out. They didn't want us to come in. And uh, I go, well, they didn't mind me going through the basement. And she, and then she, of course, was, she wasn't trying to scare me, but she, well, they, they don't mind you. They, they wanted you to be in a vulnerable position to go through the basement. <laughs> oh, terrific. So, uh, <laughs> we, we end up, uh, you know, obviously coming in, uh, we lock up the front door. I don't go down, back down into that basement to see if I can lock that back door or whatever. I just, yeah, whatever. So, uh, we go upstairs. Our, 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 uh, we're on like the second or third, it's a, a big mansion. We're on the, um, I guess it would just be a second floor. There was a third floor. We went up there to look around, but our room was on the second floor. So um, we we uh, started unpacking our things, and uh, there was a uh, this awesome old like uh, what, what do they call those uh, those footed tubs or whatever like clawfoot tubs, um, and uh, uh, we well I'm not embarrassed to say we took a bath and. Uh, it was pretty cool, and then um, and lit some candles or whatever. It was nice. Well, you know, what are you going to do? We were a couple, and we we wanted it was romantic and kind of weird because we were in this haunted mansion. But the bath was great because we were freezing to death. And then we went to. Uh, she wanted to uh, record us using a Ouija board that we had brought. So we uh, set up a video camera on a tripod, and uh, get your minds out of the gutter. This was just for the Ouija board. All right. So we uh, we start filming and we start using the Ouija board. Now <clears throat> I know that the Ouija board uh, some have have uh, scientifically scientifically debunked the Ouija board. Oh, it's just the vibrations of uh, fingers and somebody is actually leading it. They just don't feel like they are and all this stuff. I am a believer in the Ouija board. So uh, while I don't deny the scientific aspects of one, I do think that they are capable. <laughs> Of being a conduit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, some of you, if you don't agree, totally fine. Uh, I just ask you not to uh, consider me a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> because I certainly don't consider you one if you don't uh, believe in this stuff. So anyway, uh, we're, we're doing it and it's kind of interesting or whatever, kind of fun. We're not getting a ton on the Ouija board. But we're getting enough uh, for it to be interesting and entertaining and a little eerie. It spelled out the name of... Uh, um, I, now, one thing that we did is I didn't know, like, uh, much about the Lamp family, and uh, Emily had known a ton. She had, she had studied uh, it, and uh, at one point, the Ouija board spelled out the name of a Lamp family member that I wouldn't have been, that I was not aware of, but she she was, but uh, it didn't certainly, it didn't feel like she was pushing the planchette, the, the, uh, the thing that slides on the Ouija board around uh, forcefully. Um, it just felt like it was doing it itself. So that was kind of a neat thing. So anyway, uh, we finish the Ouija board session. And right at, and I'm not kidding, she uh, she was recording this to show like her college class or something. And so um, she looked at the camera and she goes, well, uh, I guess that's it here from the Lemp Mansion. And right as she finished the word mansion, the camera shut off. 
And I, I looked at it and I go, oh my gosh, how awesome is it that the battery just died um, when, as just as you finished, we had just enough battery. That uh, How great. Uh, so your project will be cool or whatever. <laughs> so I go over to the camera and um, uh, I go, ah, the battery's dead, though I wish that I could, that we could watch some of what we just did to see if we captured any uh, orbs or anything in the background, like some of the video. <laughs> and I'm kind of messing with it, and I go ahead, for whatever reason, try the power button on the camera. It powers back up, and there is three quarters of a battery, of, of the battery left. Because it, it says right there. The camera just shut off on its own, and there was still battery left in it. And she lost her mind when I told her this. And I got the I got chills and I was like, oh my gosh. Whoever was in here with us shut off the camera. It was fun. <laughs> now look, can a camera just shut off on its own or whatever? Yes, of course. Why it's a piece of technology. I'm sure it can. But uh was it was it an eerie coincidence? Were we excited? Was it fun? Yes. Yes, it was. And uh yeah, we eventually, um, you know, walked around with the video camera and uh, to other rooms, and it was real creepy. But honestly, no noises, no sightings of any kind. Um, I didn't even get too many. There was always kind of a weird feeling in there, um, but nothing compared to how I felt in that basement. And... Um, uh, boy, I mean, maybe maybe it would have felt weirder if I hadn't had, if the front door had opened just immediately and we just walked in. Maybe I would have been weirded out by other things in the mansion, but I think that was a tough act to follow, me having to feel my way through that <laughs> pitch black basement. Whoo, boy, I get, I'm a little sweaty uh, even, even thinking about it. Man, oh man, I... Uh, the Lent Mansion is still there. If you're ever driving on Highway 55 through through downtown St. Louis, um, you can see it. It's uh, it's right there, and uh, it's across from the Anheuser Busch Brewery, and it's just this old, uh, very old uh, mansion. I wonder if they still have uh, the B and B part of it. If you can still spend the night there. So uh, long answer, Michael. But uh, I hope you found it. Entertaining. It sure was fun to uh, revisit that experience. <laughs> ah, and uh, yeah, the next morning we woke up and uh, we could smell breakfast being made. We went down and the lady was there. She was like, "How was your stay?" You know, was... I didn't even tell her about the uh, uh, front door not working at all. I just uh, handed her the key and we left. So, okay, boy, pretty wild. Um, I, you know, it's weird to talk about ghost stories uh, in the middle of summer, but I can talk about them anytime. I love them. But I, uh, uh, look, Halloween is, I saw recently uh, some Halloween movies on cable. I was like, what the heck's this? And uh, it's uh, halfway to Halloween. It's our halfway to Halloween marathon. I was like, all right. <laughs> Why not? But until then, I, you know, I'm ready for the summer and I bet. Many of you are too, and um, I'll tell you what, I've been doing some work outside. I uh, had a goal ever since I moved into my house to get some uh, life around the house. There were no flower beds at all, 
No plants. There's there's one uh, birch tree in my front yard. And that's it. And um, the land also kind of uh, around my house kind of slopes inward towards the house. And, uh, well, that's no good. I didn't like. Um, now, I had gutters with long, you know, downspouts with long extensions so that the rainwater would go away from the house and not affect the foundation. But something still had to be affecting the foundation. Uh, some dampness or whatever. Some some, And uh, I thought, you know, I want to build flower beds essentially around my house, at least on the in the front and then the left and right side. And uh, I thought, all right. Uh, and this spring, I went, this is, the, this is it. I've lived there for three years. I went, this spring, I'm going to do this. And I uh, had Jeff Oske uh, from uh, the big morning show over. And uh, you know him from his uh, new wonderful segment, Failed to Mention. And he um, was a landscaper for, oh boy, over 10 years, I think. I mean, it was a long time. And he uh, skilled and and uh, quite knowledgeable with that stuff. And he came over one day and I said, hey, uh, so here's what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, can you just give me a little advice to start off? And I told him and he was like, yeah, you can do this and do this and do this. And I and eventually I realized as he was telling me, okay, this is a little, I'm a little uh, uh, in over my head here. I uh, This is my first time doing this sort of project. Um, I, and so I just said, hey, Jeff, you want you, you want some side money? And uh, would you like to help me do this? And he said, sure. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love it. And um, uh, great. So we got excited and we said, oh, well, we're going to uh, get uh, a bunch of dirt and we'll, we'll have it dumped on your driveway. And then we'll wheelbarrow it over here and there and there and here. And we'll put all these plants down and then some mulch. And I go, oh, I like black mulch. He goes, oh, that'll look great. And all. <laughs> so we get the ball rolling. I start, I order a... Uh, Triaxle dump truck of uh, nine cubic yards of pulverized topsoil, and they dump that onto my driveway. And uh, I get some uh, some new tools that I hadn't had uh, uh, for this. And he brings over his uh, wheelbarrow and shovels and tools and stuff. And for the last couple weeks, uh, not every day, but uh, over the last couple weeks, we have built we built these flower beds and. Uh, um, moved the topsoil, uh, bow raked it, uh, planted, put down the, uh, the, the weed barrier and the edging and, um, then dumped uh, black mulch all in there. And, uh, boy, and now I'm just watering the heck out of everything. And then we also, I also took a bunch of dirt to the back of the house and evened out this slope that I had. And, uh, now I'm going to put grass seed on that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's we did a ton of work and I have to be honest, it was hot and dirty and uh insecty. That pile of dirt had it was teeming with uh, with spiders. And and these spiders, I'm going to put I'll, I'll put a little video on my Instagram um today uh of what these spiders look like. Uh, I, As I would uh, take shovels full of the dirt, I would see these spiders uh, kind of crawl out from the dirt or whatever and run, and they are as close to being, like they look like small tarantulas, and 
they're as close to being tarantulas without actually being tarantulas, I think. they These things, are, they're so big that if you're just standing over one, you can see its eyes. Like, and I, and I don't, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times you have to get kind of close to a spider to actually see the uh, eight eyes. No, 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 not these. If you're just looking at it from afar, you can see those eight eyes staring right back at you. <laughs> and uh, it didn't really bother me. Spiders, uh, look, they're not the, my favorite thing, but they don't, they don't bother me that much. So I was still able to totally work with the dirt or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, Yesterday alone, I probably moved uh, 12 wheelbarrows worth of dirt, and I saw at least 15 of those things. <laughs> and I saw one with a big egg sack. So they love it. They love that moist topsoil. Uh, <laughs> and it, what would happen is I would put the shovel in, and then one would just kind of come out. So I think they bury themselves or, or whatever. They burrow and quite something. My point Jeez, thanks, Josh. We've been wondering. All right. Come on. Uh, <laughs> my point is, this was a big, uh, a pretty big project. And I got down on my knees and got my hands dirty and got sweaty and sore and a little sunburned. And I love it. I loved it. First off, the end result is gorgeous. And uh, not only does it, uh, you know, is it a nice add some curb appeal to my house. It adds some nice curb, but it also uh, is potentially protecting the foundation. It's so it's fashion and function essentially. And uh, I have plants. I have wonderful flowers and, and, and grasses and bushes now. And uh, I've got some life around my house. And I bought these uh, boxwoods and, and those are in some big pots and they, they, they frame my front door. And I'm, I'm really proud of what we did. And, uh, Happy to uh, throw some money Jeff's way, and uh, he he said that oh great I can take my family out for for sushi that's something that we don't often do and uh, they all we all love it and you know awesome and uh, you know it, it's awesome and uh, it 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 really was rewarding and I look forward to more projects now yeah uh, mowing and edging and uh, weeding. And and uh, all that and watering your plants—it's a pain, but it's also like, it's also it's a good pain, you know. I I don't know. I I think you you can see the end results, and uh, that's so that that's so nice. And some of this may seem so obvious to you, but I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it, and uh, there was a part of me that went, "Man, I'm just going to save up and hire a landscaping company, and they can come out and do this." And uh, I'm really glad. That instead, I hired a friend. We had some laughs while we did it. We told, uh, you know, we shared some stories. He's a stand-up comedian as well, and uh, he also works on the Bob and Tom show. So we had a lot to, to talk about, and I got to learn a little bit more about his family and past. And uh, terrific. And and when we weren't talking, I would put in my, uh, uh, I'd listen to music. And um, what I like when I do yard work is, well, I'll be honest, I am a... Uh, sucker for um, uh, old-timey Americana and uh, rural, um, you know, bucolic sort of uh, settings. And uh, uh, I love, boy, I just love, like, looking back at, uh, I love the history of uh, sort of the Midwest and the and, and, and uh, farmers 
like uh, I, re- I told you guys about that wonderful novel called Mountain. I just I love that stuff. I love uh, salt of the earth sort of people and things. Like that. I'm just I, I love it. And uh, so what I like to do is I put on uh, now when I mow, I tend to listen to my uh, angry young man music. I have my my Slipknot and my Static X and my Corn and Marilyn Manson and stuff. <laughs> and uh, and it, uh, I like it. It gets me uh, pumped up or whatever, and uh, it's a nice release and it's fun. But when I'm in when I'm in the dirt, when I've got my hands in the soil, I like uh, some country music, some uh, outlaw country, and some old country, and I like things with fiddles and banjos and stuff because it gives me uh, the briefest and and tiniest glimpse into. Working my land, what it must have been like to uh, walk out your the house that maybe you didn't build literally, but your father did or your grandfather did. Like they actually built it, and you and 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 their wives, your grandmother and 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 your mom, and now your wife uh, essentially run the house and they make sure everything's in order and and uh, cleaned while you're out. Taking And by the way, uh, that's not to take anything away from the fact that so many women were out taking care of the land as well. And uh, you go out, and my gosh, if you don't uh, get covered in burrs and mud and uh, deal with, uh, you know, bugs and uh, <laughs> snakes and stuff, and you're working your land, uh, and, and quite literally, the fruits of your labor are... Uh, they're providing for you. Um, so this, get and again, what I'm doing is so uh, far removed from what uh, our ancestors did, essentially. But it does, it does give me the, a little taste of that. And it really feels good. It's, uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. And I have such an appreciation, such an appreciation for folks who have done that all their lives or, uh, or do it. I, mine's a, a, a small hobby and and something to kind of make my house look nicer and and um, but I I just really appreciate that, um, yeah that uh, those little moments that rem- that take me back to uh, a boy I mean a time that I never experienced or if if you believe in past lives maybe I did but um, uh, it sure is something special and uh, so. I guess what I'd like to uh, leave you with is, uh, well, this particular way that we can, uh, oh, what's the segment called? Ah, what, <laughs> uh, what to work on this week. Oh, this old uh, number. Well, look at this guy. Oh, look, at you know what I think he is, folks. That's a city man right there. That's uh, That is a city man. And he is, uh, oh, look at his suit. And there's nothing wrong with him. I- I'm not saying there is at all. Oh, yep, he's got his little uh, handbag there. It's, uh, it's sort of a suitcase type looking thing. And he's, oh, boy, he looks sharp. And uh, i got to be honest, I don't think he's spent a day in the fields or uh, killing uh, any, <laughs> any earth. Uh, why don't we uh, have him come on over and join us while uh, we discuss what to work on this yeah yeah yeah, you come on that's right oh you can tell me about your wares uh later i know you want to sell me something but that's not i want to i want to sell you an idea first sir okay 
So, <laughs> what I recommend we do this week is something natural. Uh, something, um, and I mean that <laughs> quite literally. Spend a little time in nature. Uh, it could be something as simple as uh, watering a plant or just going out and kind of looking at uh, some some flowers in your backyard. Whatever. Go anywhere and really enjoy uh, what what you have around you. The the uh, the trees, the the grass. I read a great book uh, recently. I don't remember if I told you guys about it, but there's there was a line in it that has stuck with me ever since I read it. It's called "Where the Crawdads Sing." It's a lovely book, and uh, this woman is essentially she raises herself essentially in. These grasslands, it's kind of a swamp grassland off uh, the Carolina coast. And she, she, for the first time in her life, she's like, I think in her 20s or something, she uh, is taken to the city and she sees her first neighborhood. And the thing that strikes her as she's driving through this neighborhood, as she's riding through this neighborhood, rather, she says, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, everybody... Use, they they cut their their lawn like they <laughs> she can't believe that people mow their grass and prune their plants and trim their trees and stuff like that um because to her that is completely unnatural to to cut down something like that in its prime she she thinks and she's lived this life Grass should grow as high as it can grow, and trees and plants should get unruly. That's that's their nature, to grow as big and crazily and as wildly as they can, and she can't understand our mindset of, well, it doesn't look good unless I cut it. Uh, it doesn't look good unless I uh, prune and clip and... and uh, uh, it really struck me. Yes, yes. And this year... I probably went two weeks longer than I should have before I mowed my lawn for the first time because I would look out at it and her voice would pop into my head and I'd go, yeah, this is what this is how it should be. Grass should grow as high as it can get. <laughs> but of course, I had to succumb to, well, my own uh, aesthetic desires for my yard. And of course... Uh, even more so, my neighbor's aesthetic desires for my yard. They don't want to look across the street or next door and see an unruly yard. But uh, it, it definitely it definitely hit me. So what I'm suggesting is check something out. Go out and uh, really admire uh, some nature. And uh, uh, if you do, if you, if you don't just go, okay, I looked at a tree and I'm going back inside. If you really just kind of, uh, you know, get your hands a little dirty or, or, or just touch touch the bark, whatever. Really try to uh, connect. Um, and I know this sounds sort of hippie-ish or whatever, but that's fine. It's uh, it's cool. I think you will. I think you'll like it. And I think, you know, it's also, walk through your yard barefoot. Man, oh man. That's, uh, that'll, <laughs> that is, that's connection. So um, something like that. I hope you do it. And uh, don't forget that this weekend is a very, bye!